You're listening to Tom Fitton's weekly update here on JW TalkNet. Hi, everyone. Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here. Thanks for joining us here on our social media weekly update. A lot to talk about breaking news. We've got a raft of documents today about the Fusion GPS dossier author, the anti-Trumper Christopher Steele, that UK spy that's at the center of the Pfizer warrant scandal and uh, the anti-Trump corruption at the FBI and Justice Department. Some shocking documents there. Also some new emails about Peter Strzok, who is the, again, the anti-Trump FBI official at the center of the storm, again, on ter- in terms of FBI uh, activism against President Trump. Uh, new emails showing he was desperate to retain certain authorities when uh, he worked for Robert Mueller, and we'll talk about that. Also, Judicial Watch is in a court battle over transparency about the Clinton, IR- excuse me, the Obama IRS scandal. Uh, that scandal is still going on, and I'll talk about some court action that's coming up next week on that. Uh, but first up is, I think, uh, the big news this week. I tell you, Judicial Watch just continues uh, to be on it. Uh, we have getting, we're just getting document after document about the deep, state, the deep state illicit conspiracy against the Trump team that began during the Obama administration, continued into the Trump administration. You may recall last week we got the big FISA warrants. I brought them back again just to show you. These are the FISA warrant applications the administration of Obama used uh, to mislead a court into granting spy authority against uh, Carter Page, who had been a Trump team member. At the center of this was the Clinton DNC dossier. It was Judicial Watch that got this, uh, got the president's interest and the whole, whole, all of Washington's interest as to what was in here. And then on top of that, we, find, we got some documents about Peter Strzok. You can bet who was the author of these warrants because he was the number two official in the FBI's counterintelligence division. He led the Clinton email investigation slash cover-up, and of course he was the uh, chief investigator into the Trump-Russia connection. Uh, he, as uh, you may all know, if you don't, you should, uh, was, had an affair with Lisa Page, who was the top lawyer to the number two official at the FBI, Andrew McCabe, a corrupt official, too, who was fired for misconduct. Now, Page and Strzok had all these text messages between them, and Strzok was texting uh, Page back and forth. They both hated Trump. Uh, they both wanted Hillary Clinton to win. Strzok talked about how he was going to stop Trump from winning, and that if he did, he had an insurance policy against him, uh, which, as you know, uh, suggests, uh, as, you might, as you might guess, suggest corrupt acts were taking place in what uh, Strzok was doing in terms of investigating the alleged collusion between Russia and the Trump campaign. And there was no collusion. And it turns out the collusion was the uh, fantasy of uh, the Clinton DNC crowd that created uh, a dodgy dossier to target uh, Trump that, that was happily laundered into the FBI and DOJ that was thoroughly corrupted and anti-Trump uh, and used as justification to spy on the Trump team. It's that simple. Uh, but sure enough, we have new documents because what had happened was that Strzok was at the uh, FBI working uh, as the lead agent on the collusion issue. 
Also, he had been at the Clinton email issue. In, in, I think it was May of last year, Mueller gets appointed, and then Strzok moves over from his position at the FBI as counterintelligence um, official, and he becomes a top investigator for Mr. Mueller. And in doing so, he was concerned about, then a few months later, I think in August, he gets removed by Mueller once these text messages are discovered uh, by the IG, and Mueller removes him without telling us. He didn't tell anyone, or the Justice Department didn't tell anyone either, until uh, four months after it happened. So a lot of scandal around Peter Strzok. And of course, then he testified um, in a dishonest way to Congress. Uh, uh, this is the guy who ought to be subject of a criminal prosecution, to be clear. He had a political agenda, and it looks like he was advocating it and using FBI resources to advance it. So many crimes violated in that, potentially with that course of conduct, it's just surprising. Well, it's not surprising. It's outrageous the Justice Department hasn't taken strong action. So while, judicial, while the Justice Department sleeps, Judicial Watch acts. And we had investigated, we had filed a Freedom of Information Act request for documents about Strzok's assignment to the Mueller team, and then his removal. And uh, we ended up suing, oh, we, we asked in August 2017, because it became public he was removed. They lied about the reasons for his removal. Uh, so We didn't know it then, but we sued almost immediately, or asked for questions almost immediately. And when we didn't get the runner, we got the runaround from Mueller, from the Justice Department, from the FBI, so we sued in December of 2017. And so finally in July, uh, earlier this week, we received documents that um, FBI official Peter Strzok insisted on retaining his security clearance abilities and authorities working for the Mueller team. Now, why is that unusual? Well, let me, let me read you what, exactly what happened. So we got 14 documents. I'll get to why it's unusual in a second. And uh, their emails mostly redacted as, as, as is typical, but there's, not, there's some, some, some material that isn't redacted, including an email that he sent on July 13th to his um, senior uh, his supervisor. So he's number two. He sent it to Bill Prystep, who was uh, uh, number one in the counterintelligence division of the, just, of the FBI. And he said, sorry to bother you with this, but given my old CDDAD job is posted, which was his deputy uh, assistant director job, I need guidance on what my new position is and what legal authorities attached to it. Broadly, I need to be able to, at least in the capacity of my old CDDAD, my old job, approve NSLs, which are national security letters, which are letters that uh, the Justice Department and FBI can send out that don't require court authority but allow them to get documents so they, they don't need court permission to send them out like a subpoena. Uh, conduct blank, so that's redacted. Declassify information, blank, agent travel, requisitions, etc. And he acknowledges of those, the most problematic and one of the most essential is declassification authority. As I understand it, declassification authorities are billet, billet limited by division and position, and they are provided by DOJ, not by the FBI. 
the division has three. I understand they need to fill my position, but I respectfully request a mission need that I keep the authorities from my old job. So what he wanted was special dispensation, because there's a limit about how many people have this type of authority. He was a senior official, and he wanted to act as a senior official while continuing to work for the Mueller operation. And so they bent the rules in his favor, and Pricep wrote back to him and said, okay, you can get it. And matter of fact, we'll create, we'll pretend that you're just a floating uh, deputy assistant director, and when you leave and come back, that, that position will return back to human resources, and uh, all sorts of rules were bent to give him that authority. Uh, but you can imagine why they limit this authority, especially declassification authority, and why it was problematic, as he acknowledges, uh, to get permission to be, uh, to be able to declassify material. Why would he need to, class, to declassify material working at a Mueller operation? Uh, I can think of innocent reasons, but why would we give Strzok the benefit of the doubt given this, uh, the demonstrated course of misconduct he engaged in? Remember, he was removed from the Mueller investigation. He was then, recently, after the IG report found more anti-Trump uh, text messages and more suggestion of subversion of justice by Strzok, walked out of the FBI. So why would we give him the benefit of the doubt? So when I see declassification, I see someone who wants to be able to leak, both on the inside to his buddies and friends in the FBI and to the outside. Now remember, he still had that relationship with Lisa Page. What a nice way to be able to get that, uh, any dirt he wanted to, to Lisa Page and Andrew McCabe, her boss, if he had this declassification authority. Declassification authority is an, is an awesome power. I, I mean, I use awesome in the traditional sense. And that's why it was limited, and that's why I acknowledge it was problematic, but he got it. So these documents raise questions. First of all, we didn't get any documents about his removal. Not much in the way of even how he got assigned there. But obviously he was desperate to keep all of his powers as deputy assistant director. I mean, imagine if you were executive vice president of a company and they told you they needed you to do something else and they moved you from New York to Chicago. But they told you in that new position you could still pretend you're executive vice president even though you were assigned to do something else. That's what was going on with Mr. Strzok. And those of you who are federal employees know exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, these titles and authorities that come with the titles are special and specific, are not transferable, and so they bent the rules to take care of Peter Strzok, the corrupt FBI agent who was running the Clinton investigation and the senior lead agent on the FBI um, investigation of alleged Russia collusion, of which there's been no evidence of Russia collusion. So these are the documents Judicial Watch got through a Freedom of Information Act lawsuit. Congress did not get them. The Congress did not get them. And it was Judicial Watch that got them. A grassroots, nonprofit, educational foundation that has to sue the government to get access to information and has a right to under the law. 
And I have to tell you, you know, the Justice Department and the FBI are supposed to be enforcing the law. And it's troubling that we have to sue because we only sue when they break the law. You know, they could give us these documents or tell us they're going to give them to us and avoid lawsuits, but the only way to get the attention of our law enforcement agencies are to sue them in federal court over their law-breaking. And it's worse under this Justice Department, the Jeff Sessions Justice Department, the Rod Rosenstein Justice Department, the Director Ray FBI, than it was under the corrupt Obama administration. Just think about that. But we're, we're winning. And, but we're getting the documents slowly but surely. Uh, but it takes a year at least to get the basic information. And we asked for this information back in August of last year. We're just getting it now. And uh, again, it's Judicial Watch. We're doing all the heavy lifting here. Uh, Congress does a little bit of it. Uh, but the only way to get these documents and get accountability is to go to court and get them. And if we weren't doing it, I don't know who would be. Uh, and along those lines, we have uh, new information that just came to us today about the uh, Christopher Steele. Now, this is, a, this is another great story. Now, Christopher Steele was hired by Fusion GPS, who was hired by Perkins Cloy, a law firm, who was hired by the Clinton campaign and the uh, Democratic National Committee. So the, those two, the Clinton campaign used the law firm as a cutout to hire Fusion GPS, who hired Christopher Steele, who was a former spy for the United Kingdom. Now, Steele is an anti-Trumper, and he uh, created the dossier. He was the author, well, the alleged author of the dossier. He put a lot of it together. Uh, there's reason to believe there are others in the Clinton world involved, uh, like Sidney Blumenthal. Look up his name. You'll see he's someone uh, who shouldn't have been anywhere near the Justice Department and FBI. But Christopher Steele used sources from abroad, including in Russia, Russia intelligence sources, to basically launder dirt about Donald Trump into the Clinton, uh, excuse me, into the, well, it was the Clinton DOJ, wasn't it? But the Obama-run Justice Department and the FBI. And they knew it was dirt. I don't mean dirt in the sense it was true. I mean dirt in the, in the sense it was false. And as James Comey said, salacious and unverified information. And they used that dossier information created by Christopher Steele to... Uh, uh, as a central theme of these FISA warrants that I told you we found, or we were able to uncover. First time FISA warrants have ever been released publicly. They're heavily redacted, uh, but they show the Clinton DNC dossier was central. They wouldn't have had these warrants but for the dossier. And in, this, in these warrants, they reference the dossier, they reference articles about the dossier, they reference State Department documents about the dossier, they reference congressional concerns about the dossier while all pretending all of those are separate issues. They don't have anything to do with the one dossier. Talk about misleading and lying to the courts. And the key source, as they point out in this document, is source number one, and that's Christopher Steele. So we're very interested in the relationship the FBI had with Christopher Steele. And Christopher Steele was alleged to have been paid by the FBI, 
even the FBI acknowledges they had to drop him as a source, even because he was leaking to the media. Of course, that's what he was kind of hired to do by the Clinton gang. And uh, but of course, the DOJ tried to use him, kept on using him as a source on the sly through Bruce Orr, who was number four at the Justice Department, whose wife worked for Fusion GPS, who was paying Steele as well. So we asked for documents about payments to Christopher Steele. We asked for documents about, let me see, let me see what they, let me see exactly what we asked for here so I can tell you. Records of communications with the FBI, between the FBI and Steele, um, the payments to Steele, you know, and other things related to the FBI's communications with Steele. And so we asked for those records. Again, Judicial Watch is always on the ball here. Uh, we asked for these records back in uh, March of this year. No, March of last year. We ended up having to sue at the end of last year. So, uh, because they ignored our request for information. So they finally gave us the documents today, or at least part of the documents. And they are 70 pages. The first page has text. The last page has text. In between, almost virtually redacted. Everything, every detail of note is redacted. But what is unredacted is important because it shows that Christopher Steele in November fir- on November 1st of 2016 was essentially cut off as a confidential human source by the FBI. He was deemed not suitable for use, I quote from the language. The documents include a, and this is the first document, a source closing communication that states that Steele, which is referred to, who is referred to throughout as a confidential human source of CHS, is being closed because, and I'm going to read you why he was being closed, because uh, CHS confirmed to an outside third party that CHS, which again Steele, has a confidential relationship with the FBI. CHS was used as a source for an online article. In the article, CHS revealed CHS's relationship with the FBI as well as information that CHS obtained and provided to FBI. On November 1, 2016, he confirmed all of this to the handling agent at the time. At that time, handling agent advised CHS that the nature of the relationship between the FBI and CHS would change completely and that it was unlikely the FBI would continue a relationship with the CHS. Additionally, handling agent advised the CHS was not to operate to obtain any intelligence whatsoever on behalf of the FBI. Okay, let's look at this carefully. He's told not to operate to obtain any intelligence on behalf of the FBI anymore. Suggests he was doing that beforehand. The documents we sought were for the date range, I think, of November through uh, November, uh, you know, the beginning of January 16 uh, through the end of the year. And the documents show they had 13 contact reports with Steele. Again, this is a Clinton campaign vendor. So the Clinton campaign and the FBI were in partnership funding Steele. Of course, they knew the Clinton campaign was doing it, so it wasn't like the FBI didn't know Steele was also working for the Clinton campaign. They did. They didn't tell the American people that. They didn't tell the courts that. 
15 source reports, which means these were reports created based on information Steele was providing them. 11 payment requests. So he was paid 11 of the 13 times he met with the FBI. Don't tell, uh, these documents, they show the payment request, but no detail. Amounts, nothing. What he was paid for, how much. And more, uh, also interestingly, the last page, an electronic communication documenting that on February 2nd, 2016, Steele was admonished, admonished in accordance with DOJ guidelines and the FBI's uh, confidential human source policy handling manual. So this guy uh, was, was warned about misconduct as he's working with the FBI to target Donald Trump. And it gets so bad that they officially paper the record, say, we can't work with you anymore. Uh, you know, and as I look at these documents, it's a little bit vague as to whether they actually cut him off or not, isn't it? I mean, it says it's the CHS is being closed, you know, but he was told, at least according to the report, that it may, it may be closed. So I think that's curious. But again, it's Judicial Watch getting this information. I'm sure, I, mean, I don't know if the Intelligence Committee or folks with security clearances had access to see this. Because this was, um, I don't know if it was, yeah, it was unclassified for Judicial Watch's lawsuit. So it was previously classified material that Judicial Watch was, unable, was able to obtain, that Congress was unable to obtain. Congress, I point to Congress because Congress is up here from our office. But the media is unable to obtain, but Judicial Watch is able to obtain. Because we go to court and we're aggressive, and we don't take no for an answer until the courts tell us we have to take no for an answer, which is more often than I like to, uh, uh, I like to, I like to happen. So this guy, this Christopher Steele, who was at the center of these warrants, was corrupt. He was doing things the FBI didn't tell him to do. He's being paid by the FBI. It was a corrupt, cash-based relationship between the Obama FBI and this Clinton uh, vendor, and they were using Russia intelligence sources to come up with dirt on President Trump. And they used the dossier to try to uh, ambush Trump, I recall, that Jeff, uh, you know, James Comey, you may recall, confronted Trump with the information in January of 2017, and Trump got upset, rightly so, because it wasn't true. And of course, Comey admitted it wasn't true. But he used that information to try to get, to get FISA warrants successfully. And this source, this corrupted source, was used by the DOJ and the FBI to justify spying on the Trump team, to get the courts to justify, to approve their spying on the Trump team. Who signed off uh, backing this guy up without telling the truth about his conduct, without telling the truth about his relationship with uh, the Clinton camp? James Comey, Andrew McCabe, Sally Yates, all of whom were fired for misconduct, uh, Rod Rosenstein, Rosenstein, Steen, 
and Dana Buente. And uh, Buente is now general counsel for the FBI and the number one lawyer at the FBI, and he's an Obama holdover who managed to work his way back into the Trump administration. So three of the five people who signed off on these corrupt warrants with corrupt steel at the center, who had an anti-Trump agenda they all knew about, too. Aside from just working for Clinton, he didn't like Trump at all. Uh, three of the five people who signed off on these warrants were fired for misconduct. Two are still in the Obama administration. And the two in the Obama administration, they are responsible for all the redactions that we understand show more corruption in these warrants that the president is going to have to declassify. The general counsel for the FBI, the number two in the Justice Department, who's now overseeing, as far as he's able or pretending to, the Mueller investigation. So uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see how Congress reacts. Uh, but, you know, the president is out there talking about how outrageous this Mueller investigation is. He's calling it a witch hunt. Uh, he called on Sessions, I think, to shut it down this week in a tweet. And I, 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 I see why the president is frustrated because, you know, we're documenting all this corruption that's behind and beneath the Mueller investigation and no one's doing anything about it. Now, if the president were to intervene directly, the city would go ballistic. And so he's right to expect his attorney general to do the work. Think about this. The attorney general recused himself, and there's no real more, and I don't think he should have recused himself initially, but by the standards by which the attorney general accused himself, Rosenstein, as I pointed out, is conflicted. Supposedly, Trump is being investigated. The president's being investigated over his firing of uh, James Comey. That was recommended to him in part by Rod Rosenstein. Mr. Mueller interviewed for the FBI job. Is he a witness in his own investigation? Why aren't they recused? I mean, you see now this week, if you're watching the news, the Manafort trial, or at least the first of two trials, is taking place in Virginia. Nothing to do with Russia collusion. We don't need a special counsel for that. And Mueller, as I've pointed out, has investigated the core Russia collusion issues, the attacks on our election systems, the involvement of Russia propaganda or the placement of Russia propaganda to uh, sway public opinion, and uh, the uh, hacking of, alleged hacking of the DNC uh, and uh, Clinton people, none of which has been tied to any Americans. So what else is there to have a special counsel for, to harass, other than to harass the president? And this is why Sessions should come forward, unrecuse himself, and shut Mueller down. Frankly, if I were president, I would pardon all the Americans targeted by Mueller. I'd hire a special counsel to investigate the corruption that Judicial Watch has laid out and has been laid out by others. and obviously shut the Mueller investigation down. So um, the Judicial Watch will continue to work. We've got more documents coming. They are giving us more uh, Peter uh, Strzok documents. Uh, I suspect we'll be in a fight about these Steele documents as well. 
So more is coming. And this process works too slowly, I admit. But we're getting the records out there. And that's, that's kind of all we can do. And we can educate the public through a forum like this so that you know what's going on and you can let your elected representatives know that you're concerned about this and you want something done. Where's the oversight of Mueller by Congress, for instance? Why is the president all alone highlighting Mueller's corruption? Why? Because Congress is afraid. And they have to be more afraid of the citizens than they are of the swamp in order for them to do anything. And that's where you come in by letting them know that you're concerned about this issue. So I encourage you to do so. So speaking of Justice Department scandals, because this is a Justice Department scandal, it's the, also the IRS scandal. The IRS scandal is continuing. We're still getting documents. Uh, Judicial Watch, as we have been with virtually every scandal here in Washington, D.C., we have had, I think, at least nine Freedom of Information Act lawsuits on the IRS scandal. And pretty much all the big things you know about the IRS scandal, or you should know about the IRS scandal, was uncovered as a result of Judicial Watch's uh, Freedom of Information Act lawsuits. And uh, there was a civil lawsuit against the IRS and the, uh, uh, I guess, I don't know if Lois Lerner was a defendant or not, but Holly Paz, who was another IRS official uh, during Lerner's time, And uh, the Justice Department under Jeff Sessions uh, with the IRS settled that case, which was good. That was a positive development. But one of the interesting things about that case is that both uh, Lerner and Holly Paz uh, were uh, deposed, meaning they were questioned under oath. But we don't know what they said because those depositions have been sealed. So we've been asking the court, I'm looking for the press release on this, we've been asking the court for this, uh, for these records to be unsealed because we obviously have an interest. So they oppose that they don't want these records to be unsealed because they've been allegedly subject to threats, which, of course, no one agrees with, but uh, you have to weigh that to the, against the public's right to know about government misconduct and the hijacking of the IRS by the Obama gang to target its political opposition. And, uh, again, it was, a it was bipartisan in part in the sense that we just uncovered recently records showing that a top staffer for John McCain suggested that Lois Lerner audit virtually uh, all these 501c4 groups or political groups in a way that would be financially ruinous for them to operate. That was a Republican staffer suggesting that. Uh, But the focus in the IRS scandal in the end, though, was on the Tea Party. And so they suppressed and oppressed these groups, and Judicial Watch uncovered so much in the way of scandals showing, and I think we highlighted in the brief. I'll just read a few of the headlines that we highlighted to the court about the work we did. And these are the headlines from some press releases, and it's only selection. Judicial Watch obtains IRS documents showing Lerner in contact with DOJ about potential prosecution of tax-exempt groups. Judicial Watch, uh, press release in 2015. New documents reveal DOJ, IRS, FBI plan to seek criminal charges of Obama opponents. That was back in 2010 that that plan was taking place. New documents reveal top Obama IRS official Holly Paz 
uh, P-A-Z is her last name, admitted Cincinnati office, remember the famous Cincinnati office, targeted groups based on, quote, guilt by association. New IRS documents show Lerner did not need conservative group donor lists. Remember they were asking for donor lists of these groups? She didn't need those. Emails mentioned secret research project because they were going to return the donor list and there was an IRS official who said, wait, I've got a secret research project. Yes, he called it that. You can't return those names that we don't have a legal right to have. And of course, our lawsuits sparked investigations into learners' emails, into the backup tapes that were first were not there and then were there. It led to calls for impeachment of John Koskinen, who was Obama's IRS commissioner at the end of his term and for too long a period of President Trump's term. Well, we're in the center of it. So we want to get access to figure out what Lois Lerner said and how Holly Paz said under oath. We've been fighting in court for about, I don't know, almost a year on this. And so finally the court said, yes, Judicial Watch, you could, they didn't even want to let us file a brief. The other side did, advocating for our interests here. But the court allowed this brief to be filed. So next week there's a hearing in Ohio. We plan to attend about whether or not we are able to get access to this information, and most importantly, that you'll be able to get access to this information. And before I let this story go, I want to highlight certain issues about some of these issues that I've talked about with the IRS, because I'm glad the Justice Department settled with the IRS with these groups. That was the right thing to do. But the wrong thing to do was not to initiate a serious criminal investigation or prosecution of what went on during the Obama administration under the IRS. And I'll tell you why it didn't happen. And I'm talking about the Sessions Justice Department that last year said they weren't going to do anything. Lois Lerner wanted, they wanted the Congress wanted Lois Lerner to be pursued uh, for contempt and other things. Uh, Justice Department didn't want to do that. And of course, they weren't going to do any, fur- any further, fuller investigation. And this is the conflicts that take place here, because the headlines reference this. So what we found was that the uh, Justice Department under Barack Obama, their public integrity section, reached out to Lois Lerner, and they had an idea of trying to prosecute the very groups that Lois Lerner's IRS was suppressing. And they had this new theory of the law saying, well, you know, they're doing too much politics. And when they signed on to the form saying they wouldn't do, they would do a certain amount of politics, it turns out they were lying, and we should prosecute them for lying. An outrageous abuse of uh, the rule of law, but that's what the Obama IRS and DOJ were thinking of doing. And so Lerner met with them about how to do that and subsequently found out they sent 1.3, I think, million pages of documents about virtually every nonprofit group in the country involved in political discussions to the Justice Department and to the FBI. And guess who ran the FBI at that time? Robert Mueller. So Robert Mueller's FBI and Barack Obama's Justice Department were working with Lois Lerner's IRS to figure out ways to put in jail the folks President Obama didn't like. And you may scratch your head and wonder, why, why would they abuse the rule of law so much to target Trump, the FBI, and DOJ? Well, they were willing to jail President Obama's citizen political opponents in 2010 and 12. And the only reason that thing was stopped was the exposure of the Clinton uh, of the Obama IRS scandal 
by the Treasury Inspector General for Tax Administration. And the only reason we found out that these documents were sent over and there was this collusion between the DOJ, the FBI, and the IRS to jail Barack Obama's political opponents and groups and uh, individuals the uh, Democratic machine didn't like was because of Judicial Watch. And then so Sessions, they, they pretend to do a relook to see whether there should be a criminal investigation. Well, the Justice Department is going to investigate itself there. Did they question themselves? Did they question the FBI about its conspiracy with Lois Lerner and the IRS? The Justice Department's Public Integrity Section, the same entity and criminal division charged with uh, in, uh, investigating Lerner was colluding and conspiring with her? Surprise, surprise, they didn't find anything to investigate or prosecute. That, to me, is as significant a failure by this Justice Department as anything we're seeing. And remember that about Robert Mueller. When everyone tells you how principled and wonderful he is, his FBI received documents about groups they had no right to, and they were only turned over back to the IRS after it was exposed by Judicial Watch and later Congress asked some questions. That's Robert Mueller. So I have zero patience for people who fall to the ground, like on the Hill, Paul Ryan and some others, every time you mention Mueller's name. He's just a, he's as much of a bureaucratic swamp creature as anyone else. And remember, he was Obama's FBI director. So that's that on Robert Mueller. So a lot going on here at Judicial Watch, a busy week here. Uh, it's August, so Congress is asleep, but Judicial Watch is awake on working on your behalf, and we can only do it with your support. So if you like what you're hearing here, I want you to do a few things. Uh, spread the word to your friends, your colleagues, your markets, and support Judicial Watch. Pray for us, support us uh, financially as well. And you can do that online uh, at judicialwatch.org. Uh, it's easy to do, and because um, there's, there's no one else doing the sort of work that Judicial Watch is doing, as I point out to you here today. So thanks for joining us this week, and I'll see you next time here on Judicial Watch's weekly update. Tom Fitton, over and out. You have just listened to Tom Fitton's weekly update on JW TalkNet. Remember to subscribe and donate at judicialwatch.org slash donate.